wish I would have heard this lesson when I was your age. It may have helped me avoid a lot of the battles that I have fought in between your age and my age. Um, but then if you don't have battles, you're not strong, right? So I'm not, I'm not mad about the battles. It is so good to see all of you. I want us to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So if you don't mind standing for just a second. And let's go to God in prayer about what he wants you to hear tonight and what he wants to reveal to your spirit, to your mind, to your heart, to your soul. And be with us in this place tonight. Lord, thank you so much for your presence. Thank you, God, for your spirit that hovers over us. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have of meeting together. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have of being part of the body and the family of God. There is nothing like that, God. You are an amazing God, and you have granted us an awesome privilege to be able to meet like this and to share the word and to break bread together and to learn and to conquer and to overcome. And God, I thank you for these people. I thank you for this place. I thank you for this sanctuary, this safety that is here among these people tonight. I thank you for this family and I thank you for your word. And everybody said in Jesus name, Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them you look amazing and tell them you are so brilliant. Tell them that you are so brilliant. Say, I bet you were the valedictorian of your class, or I bet you will be the valedictorian of your class. I know you will. Now then, I want you to, I want you to do one more thing. You can stay sitting down or stand up. I don't care. I want you to look at the mountain that's in front of you, and I want you to say, you will not win. And I want you to say, there is no weapon formed against me which shall prosper. And I want you to say, and I am covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I want you to say, I wear the name of Jesus Christ. And I want you to say, I am filled with the spirit of Jesus Christ. And I want you to say, there is no step I can take that is wrong when I walk in his will. Say it. Now, just tell me one thing. Do you feel better right now than you did when you walked in the door? And we've only been here five minutes. Amen. I do. And you say, oh, that's just the power of positive thinking. Just get into your lesson and stop all the, the, the Norman Vincent Peale stuff or Zig Ziglar or who it used to be in my, no, John Maxwell or who is it now? I don't know. Who's the current guru? My dad, I loved my dad so much. <clears throat> he was a Ford dealer. He owned a Ford dealership. And he would come his life, you know, he, he, he did his, the, the eight to five thing and he'd come home and mama would have supper and we would eat supper together as a family. We were one of those privileged families that just had a routine. And he was such a godly man. And after supper, he would, he, we had an office. He had an office in our home and he'd say, okay. He had, um, cassette tapes. Of Zig Ziglar. And if we didn't have anything to do that night, he'd say, okay, I'm going to go climb up Motivational Mountain. We'd all laugh. And he'd go in his office and listen to a tape and come out all positive. And, <clears throat> and so 
as we have tried to pull each other out of the ditch every now and then or pull each other out of a hole that we get in sometime in our heads, we've said, okay, we need to go climb up Motivational Mountain. It's kind of been a thing in our home. And so a lot of times we make fun of Motivational Mountain because, after all, it's just the power of positive thinking, right? Mind over matter, right? And a lot of people say, yeah, well, it may be mind over matter, but I mind what matters. (laughs) So tonight, our topic is all about that. Let this mind be in you. Let this mind. And I must say, I am excited to be able to be the one to present this and to speak to you tonight. Uh, May I also say that I was not excited the whole time that I was preparing for this. I've, it's been coming together uh, actually at Nonfiction, which is the women in ministry conference we had here in November. We presented a lot of this material, but I had to pull from it for tonight and put it together in another form. And so as, as I've been doing that, it's been okay. But as I was putting the final touches on it yesterday and today, it got very much not okay. And I want to tell you that sometimes when... Anybody gets up here and they teach, you tend to think, oh, they've, man, that's amazing. They've got that conquered and that's amazing. I wish I could conquer that. Well, I want to let you know know tonight, I do not teach tonight from a place of conquering. I do not have this conquered. But I will let you know that I will not stop working on it until the day I die. And I knew I was on the right track because yesterday and today... I have had more trouble with my mind than I can remember in months. Months. My mind has gone crazy. Absolutely crazy. I have one person that I felt like I could trust to talk about that. And so I called and we talked for a while today. And I hung up feeling better. So I thought, okay, good, good, all right. And about five minutes later, somebody that I hadn't talked to in a long time called me and She said, um, are you speaking tonight? I said, yes. As a matter of fact, I am. She said, good, good. She said, well, I was just sitting here and I just opened my Bible and Jesus said, you have to call her. And she said, I see gnats and mosquitoes flying around your head. And she started in praying against all that. She said, I see them flying around your mind, around your brain. Gnats and mosquitoes. And she started praying. She said, God, I ask you to dispatch an angel with a flaming sword to drive all that away because you're in charge. She didn't even know what I was talking about. So I want you to know the spirit world is way more real than the physical world in which we live. And God does speak to people. And the spirit does speak to people. And so whatever you have been battling, I pray right now that the angel with the flaming sword that is in the sanctuary will come to you. And that he will beat away the gnats and the mosquitoes around your head that are just trying to distract you right now. And that he will give you tonight revelation. He will give you strength. He will give you courage. He will give you knowledge. He will give you power. And he will give you tools to walk out of here a changed person and walk into tomorrow in a different way than you walked into today. Amen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Let this mind be in you. 
Philippians 2.5 is the verse that comes from, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on in that passage. The context of that is really servanthood, where Jesus thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He made himself a servant. And so Philippians, this passage is saying, let that mind be in you that, okay, I get that. I understand that. That is the context of that passage. But I am going to pull back a layer of that tonight and say the point that I am trying to make tonight, the reality that I want you to know tonight is that it is possible for the mind that is in Christ Jesus to be in you. Doesn't matter if it's about servanthood or if it's about healing or whatever it is. It's possible for that mind to be in you. Not just spiritually, but also physically. And you're going, now what? Okay, I'm going to explain, I promise. If you, <clears throat> if you have ever studied this scripture and studied it as I do many times by pulling it apart, the word mind there, let this mind be in you, comes from the Greek word phreneo, phreneo. This word means to exercise the mind. In other words, it's not just a thing here. It means you, this word mind here means to exercise this thing, to exercise the mind, entertain or have a sentiment or an opinion. By implication, it means to be mentally disposed, more or less, earnestly in a certain direction. In other words, let this opinion be in you. Let this, let this sentiment be exercised in you. It, it denotes action. Let this mind be in you means that there's something you have to do in order for that to happen. That's what the word for nail means. Don't ever just take a word in the Bible from its English definition because this is only a translation of the original. You have to go deeper. So that's what phreneo means. I have been studying for years and just recently started actually having the time to put some of it together and speak on it. Uh, but for years I've been reading the works of Dr. Caroline Leaf who is a cognitive neuroscientist. She is originally from South Africa. She is also a Christian. If you look her up on, on the Internet or on YouTube, you'll find a lot of things by her. She's written several books. I recommend all of them. They're kind of dense. They're kind of meaty. They're hard to get through sometimes. Uh, they have a lot of technical terminology. You have to slow down. You have to really unpack it. Uh, but it is... She has some amazing explanations of the way that the mind works in relationship to scripture, okay? So one of her missions in life is to share how, in her words, science is finally catching up with the Bible. And I know what she means, and I do agree with her point, but I just have to point out, especially to all of you in here who are still in education, the education system, that science is of man, and therefore it is limited, okay? But the Bible is of God. It's the voice and breath of God, therefore it is unlimited. 
So science will never catch up with the Bible. But it'll do a good job of kind of maybe illustrating a few things that we don't understand. Does that make sense? So during the month of January, this month of sacrifice and consecration, where we are dedicating everything afresh and anew to him, and we're approaching the throne for him to pull back a few more layers and give us fresh revelation and anointing and power. I want to talk to you just for a few minutes tonight about how our, about our mind and how we can and we must use it in order to accomplish our purpose on this earth, in order to accomplish our why, in order to accomplish our mission and our calling and our reason for being born. So a lot of the scientific concepts from ten, for, that I will talk about tonight come from Dr. Caroline Leaf's book entitled Switch on Your Brain. And I think I've told you before, I'm not much of a daily devotional person, but this year I'm actually going through her 365-day devotional by the same title, Switch on Your Brain, short little things, and I love it. I love it. She is just giving so much insight through that. If you look for her on YouTube, you'll also hear her discuss a lot of the concepts in various settings, um, churches, podcasts, uh, other, other seminars. And I must warn you, she talks fast and she has to be paused in order to digest her words. But if you want to hear more about this, I encourage you to look her up. So according to our text scripture and the meaning of mind in that scripture, We are made according to God's design, but that has brought with it a very distinct possibility. So, the first point I'm making tonight is God's design and our responsibility. God made us to be able to change our brains. Okay? He did. We are empowered by God to take control and to not be a victim of our circumstances. All right? And that's on a screen that's coming up right here. Our choices matter. And our thoughts become our physical reality. Are you with me? Let me say all those again. Hmm. No. No. I'm sorry. That's probably a problem. Let's take that one off. Because the one that I want you to know about is God made us to be able to change our brains. We are empowered by God to take control and not be a victim of our circumstances. Our choices matter and our thoughts become our physical reality. So in order to fully understand this, we have to first realize the three parts which make up the essence of who we are as human beings. And that comes from 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And it says, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless Unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the three parts of that are our spirit, our soul, and our body. Until I really began studying Dr. Leaf, I had never completely understood the difference between the spirit and the soul. 
I understood the scriptures. I knew the scriptures divided the two. It, it talks about that, how, how the sword of the spirit can divide the two. But I didn't really know what that meant. And I have now come to understand what that means. And it makes so much sense as to why we are walking powerless through this thing. The body is, of course, the physical part of our being, our flesh. It's what you see. That's our body. We know what that is. But here's the soul. The soul is our mind and our emotions. It's the part of us that says to somebody else, I love you. That's our soul. It's choice. Or it's the part that says to somebody, you make me so angry. That's your soul. Or it's the part that says, well, I think it's this way. That's the most dangerous part of the soul. Those three words, well, I think. That is the soul. The spirit is the eternal part of us. It's the spiritual part of us. It's the part that the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit comes in and takes over. All right? So our body is our body. Our soul is our mind and our emotions. And the spirit is the part of us that lives forever, that gets infused with the Holy Spirit. Our spirit is what goes upward when we die, when our body dies. Okay? The Holy Spirit does not enter us and take over our souls or our minds. It doesn't do that. The Holy Spirit enters us and you still have the power of choice. The Holy Spirit enters us and you still have the ability to make up your mind one way or the other. You don't lose control when you are filled with the Spirit. Does this make sense? Your Spirit takes on His Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit comes in. Gives us the utterance of speaking with tongues and becoming one with the Logos, the word. And then it says, I will lead you and guide you in all things because I live inside you if you will let me. The problem comes in when the spirit is inside of us and we are still trying to control it with our mind and our soul, our emotions, instead of letting it control our minds, and our emotions. That's where the problems come in. I heard one theologian say it this way, and I love this, I love this description. He said, the spirit has one foot in your body and the other foot in your soul. It can only work when you allow your mind to make the right decisions to lead your body in the direction it should go. And I'm looking at young people because, you know, young, you guys are at the point of your life where you're making a lot of these decisions and you're warring. Your members are warring. This is what Paul was talking about when he said, my members war with each other. I, I do the things I shouldn't do and I don't do the things I know I should do. Well, what is happening is, is the mind and the emotions are warring with the spirit part of you. And when you allow the mind and the emotions to war with the spirit part of you, it creates intense conflict within you. Especially if you're still trying to operate in the spirit. Okay? Is this making sense? All right. We're going to go somewhere with this. 
So the Holy Spirit does not enter us and take us over. We have to do the work to make that happen. The Spirit gives us power to do that. But we have to do the work. All right? I know, in, I know we have some contractors in here. And you go and you, and you have to build a house. And you are given all the tools in the world. I know there are several our young adults on contracting teams. You're given all the tools in the world. All right, and here's the power saw, and here's the ladder, and here are all of the electric nail guns and all the things. I'm not a con- I don't know about all that. But unless you do the work to make it happen, they're useless. So the Spirit has all power. You can do anything you would like, but unless you do the work. So 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says that he wants God, Jesus, Spirit, wants us to have peace in all three of those parts of our essence, in our physical bodies, in our emotions, and our mental state of our souls, in our spirit, which is being nudged and formed and shaped by him. And so Dr. Leaf brings a little more clarity to this when she says, our spirits control, and this is where we are, control our souls. So our spirits, the eternal part of us, should control our Souls, which is our emotions and our minds, which control our brains, which control our bodies. Our spirits are designed to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, but we must be sure our choices align with the word of God. Now, here's a big one I want you to know. Your mind, your soul, your mind, your emotions, and your brain is not the same thing. Okay? Your brain is body. Your brain is an organ in your body that causes your body to function. Your mind is your soul. So your soul, your your mind, and your brain are not the same thing. But your mind controls your brain. And your brain controls your body. You with me? Okay. So your soul is controlling your brain. Your brain is controlling your body. And hopefully that's making all the right choices because our spirits are designed to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is controlling our soul and our soul is controlling our brain and our brain is controlling our body, we're doing all the right things. But here's where the problem comes in. We don't allow it to happen that way. It's not that we don't want to be controlled with the Spirit or be aligned with the Word of God. We do. We just don't know how because we've never understood that the Word of God is absolutely true and lines up to science 100%. Okay? If we, it's not that we don't know how to let the Spirit do a mind transplant within us so that we can actually take on the mind of Christ and the emotions of Christ and the thinking of Christ and the human reactions of Christ. Remember, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. So it is telling us that the mind that was in Christ Jesus that controlled his brain can be in us and can control our brain. 
Well, how do we let that happen? So since we don't know how to let that happen, we will usually say, well, that's not possible. We're human and God knows that. And he made us that way and he understands that. And I have been guilty of using that same mistake myself. I've made a bad choice and I have said, God knows I'm human. Have you? Has anybody said that? God knows I'm human. That's a, that's a poor excuse. And I probably won't ever do it again. Most of this is true, though. The part that isn't true when we say it isn't possible. It is possible. Because Philippians 2 and 5 exist. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So that lets me know right there it's possible. The mind that was in him can be in me. And so if you're just thinking about that right now, you might be saying, well, I do that. I try to, and I, and it is hard, but I don't know that it's fully possible, but I do think that I try to do that. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. And uh, I'm going to actually give an example that many of you have experienced, including myself. So that's why I felt a little freer to do this, because I have been here. Let's say that someone you love is diagnosed with a disease that can be terminal, such as cancer. And let me tell you, that is a punch in the gut. It's a kick in the teeth. Your body stops working right. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about yours. You can't get a deep breath. You can't think. You can't see. After I got the news, I will never, it's etched on my brain. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. 30 years ago, this November, and I can remember every smell, every word, every, I can remember the floor. I can remember the feeling of that stupid chair when we got the news that he had six to nine months to live. And I was trying to process that, and I actually passed out, fainted, went right over I couldn't get enough oxygen to my brain. So from personal experience, I can tell you I am not making light of this kind of news at all. But if you're a believer like me, like my poor mom, who it was, she, she felt the same way. After you get your breath back, you begin saying, God's going to heal him. I'm going to stand on that. God's going to take care of this. I believe. I believe. God's going to do this. I'm going to speak faith. I'm not going to allow one negative word. If you come into this hospital room, you do not speak negative. You speak positive. We speak faith. And so they go back for more tests, and the results are just as bad or worse. And we say we will not believe that. And so we quote scripture after scripture about how God can heal. And we say, I have been taught that the word is eternal and the breath of God. So I know that if I quote scripture, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And that's good. But the problem is, as you are quoting the scripture with your mouth, your mind is saying, hmm, what if he dies? Um, I, hmm. Okay, I'm going to quote the scripture, but, you know, what if God doesn't heal him? What am I going to do? What if he dies? Oh, God. And out of our mouths, we're saying God has this. God has this. He's in control. And I trust him. And in our minds, we're saying, God, I can't live if he dies. Please don't take him. God, I can't keep going if he dies. 
And that's where the problem comes in. Your mouth is saying the things. But your soul is doubting the things your mouth is saying. And your spirit has one foot in the body and one foot in the soul. Knowing the things of God are eternal. But the mind and the mouth are not in sync. And so therefore, since the mind controls the brain and the brain controls the body, the body begins breaking down. And the stress of the grief and the painful doctor visits begin to tear down your body. And then if God does not heal and the loved one dies, all this only intensifies until the toxicity of your own brain tears your body apart the whole time you're praying and quoting scripture. And I just saw my friends in the back who have lived through this very thing. They know exactly what I'm talking about. This is all where it gets really tough, doesn't it? Is anybody tracking here with me? Anybody know what I'm saying? Has anybody experienced trauma to the level that you know what I'm saying? Doesn't have to be cancer. Doesn't have to be a healing. Can be a broken relationship. It can be. It can be anything. It can be anything that's traumatic to your spirit. So your mouth is saying the things. And then it gets really, really tough. And so what happens is, is you then are destroying your own body. After about 15 to 20 years, my body broke down to the point that I had to go to Houston seven times in one year. And they diagnosed everything from a brain tumor to MS. And it was nothing more than that juxtaposition that tearing between my soul and my spirit my spirit was saying all of the things my mouth was saying all of the things but my soul was not believing the things I wanted to believe the things so how do we break this destructive cycle how do we do this Studies have shown, and listen to me here because this is a revolutionary concept. Studies have shown that thoughts are actual physical substances in our brains. And they are shaped much like a tree. Dr. Leaf calls them thought trees. Every thought you think is an actual physical substance in your brain. And listen to this. Studies have shown that we have the ability every 10 seconds to either destroy the toxic thoughts and rebuild them with good healthy thoughts or to, if we have a healthy thought, to build onto that and allow it to grow and become bigger and bigger, and bigger, and take over our minds, okay? Does this make sense? No, probably not. I'm going to play you just, and it's horrible. It's horrible quality. I just ripped it off the internet. It was bad quality on there. Now it's even worse here. But I had to show you something in order to give you a physical uh, example of what I'm talking about. This is Dr. Leaf. If you don't understand her, that's okay. Just watch what she's showing on the screen. 
this weekend. So this is a slice inside of your brain going through, set up by, this has been done by scientists, top scientists in this field, this particular slide. Now going inside of your brain, there, those are nerve cells. When I say you think, you choose, and you build thoughts, those are thoughts. What you're seeing up those there are, thoughts. are your thoughts. These thought networks inside of your brain. Now you see those things that are growing? As you thinking and choosing, that's what you are doing in your brain. When, when Pastor Jimmy teaches you that you can change your mind, you are changing those things that you see up on the screen. You can change that firing that you see. That is your thinking in action. That's what it looks like inside of the brain. You can grow branches, take away branches, add on branches, redesign branches. That is your creative love power ability. Now you are designed for, you are wired for love. That's what scientists, how the scientists describe it. And what that means is that all the stuff that happens inside of this is designed in a positive direction. Those, those are your chromosomes. Now you, with your thinking, you influence the chromosomes. The chromosomes break down into DNA. There's DNA. You've seen a strand of DNA. On the DNA is the genetic code. And you, with your thinking, you influence the, D the DNA to actually switch on. And when the DNA switches on, you make proteins. You are doing this at 400 billion actions per second. Aren't you brilliant? Isn't that amazing? Don't you admire God? And you, you cause this. This is what God has given you. Love, power, and a sound mind. This is weekend. So this is... Isn't that not amazing? Isn't that amazing? Just think about that. I mean, that blows my mind. No pun intended. <laughs> it does. I mean, so that movement and that growth, growth and that morphing that you just saw. Do you see how that's doing that? You're doing that all day long. You're doing that all day long. And you have the power for those thought trees to be healthy ones and grow into something great, which tells you I can do all things through Christ. Or you have the thought to make them toxic and wrap around your, your brain, which shuts down your body that says, he's going to die. You're going to die. Nothing ever good's going to happen. You are bad. It's terrible. Life is horrible. And you become that. Those growing tendrils things that you saw up there, that's what's causing that. And it has a name. It's called neuroplasticity. Our brain is neuroplastic. That means it changes and it morphs all of the times, time and your thoughts are the steering wheel which guides the way your brain morphs. Are you getting the picture? So those physical structures that you just saw in that clip are your actual thoughts. And you've been under the impression this whole time that your thoughts really don't matter. Ha! Huh. You have never realized your thoughts are physical, solid things made up of matter which control your brain, and your brain controls your physical body. So every thought you think has an effect on every single part of your life. I mean, just wow. There are also studies which show this process is accelerated and magnified as you sleep. So you can't make the choice when you sleep whether you're going to rip out the toxic thought and replace it with a healthy one or what you're going to do with it. You can't make that choice. So what happens is, is you have hundreds of thousands of brand new thought trees which are formed while you sleep. And when you wake up, 
You control what happens to them. Every single night while you sleep. So how many of you have ever heard Lamentations 3, 22 and 23? It's of the Lord's mercies that we aren't consumed, you know, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God, you're so good that you allow hundreds of thousands of brand new thought trees to just start growing in my brain every night while I'm asleep. And every morning when I wake up, it doesn't matter how bad the battle was yesterday. It doesn't matter how bad I fought today and the wrong decisions I made today. In the morning when I wake up, I've got a fresh blank slate to start with. And I can rip out all those bad toxic ones that do not align with the Spirit of God. And I can say, okay, God, Spirit that dwells in me, which ones now do we want to grow today? Every single morning. Every single morning. So every single morning you have the opportunity to tear out the toxic thought trees and grow healthy, victorious ones. Or you can make the choice to feed the toxic ones by dwelling on the sadness and the trauma and the failure and the negativity. And when you do that, your body, your body, Regardless of who you're talking about or what you're thinking, your body will become sick and diseased and painful and weak. Because our brains control our bodies. And those thought trees we just saw are in your brain. Your mind is telling it which ones to build up and which ones to tear out. There's a staggering statistic quoted by Dr. Leaf that states 87 to 95% of the illnesses that plague us today are a direct result of our thought life. That's a lot. This is from her. 87 to 95% of the illnesses that plague us today are a direct result of our thought life. What we think about affects us physically and emotionally. The pandemic is not COVID. The pandemic is an epidemic of toxic, a pandemic of toxic emotions. So what are we to replace those thoughts with? Well, thank you for asking. The word gives us that answer too. Let's go to Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. This is not in my notes. The Spirit just prompted me. I want to tell you all something. There is no group in this sanctuary tonight more bombarded with the temptation to think on things that are not true and things that are not honest and things that are not pure and things that are not just 
to think on things that are ugly and to think on things that are bad reports, to think on things that do not have virtue. There's no group in here more tempted to think on these things than you guys. No group in here more tempted. You've got to fight really, really hard because whenever you think on things that society throws in front of your face, and that your peers throw in front of your face. And when you allow those to be the thought trees that develop in your mind and take over your mind and control your bodies, when you allow that to happen, you are on a road to destruction. You have to go by the word. You have to. We don't have another alternative. This is what the word says. So what do you have to do? You have to fight. And if something comes across your path in the form of a textbook or in the form of a movie or in the form of a social media post or in the form of a whisper in the ear from a friend about another person or in the form of a jealousy that rises up in your heart that you feel like you, when all of that comes at you, you have to be very intentional and you have to be very strong and you have to say, I will win this battle and I will not think on that. So you will know because the spirit part of you, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the spirit part of you is going to say, this isn't right. The spirit part of you is going to say, oh no, this is not a just thought. Oh no, this is not a pure thought. Oh no, this is not a lovely thought. The spirit part of you is going to say no. So what you have to do is allow the soul part of you to say, I am in agreement with that and I will be victorious. Amen. How many of you think you can do that? I know you can do that without a shadow of a doubt. All I want from you is a, I will try. Will you try? Amen. How many of you will try? It's hard, folks. It's hard. Especially when the devil has a foothold in our lives. But we can do this. We have the Spirit giving us the power to do this. The Spirit is on our side. The Spirit wants us to win. I challenge you to go home this week. All of you guys especially, but all of you. And do a complete word study on just this verse right here. Look up the original Greek words of honest and just and pure and lovely and good report and virtue and praise. Look up all those definitions and then think on them this week. Think on them. Watch your life begin to change. Watch your body begin to feel better. I challenge you. Arthritis, watch it. You say, you're, you're crazy. You're, try it. It's cheap. It's free. Try it. See if you sleep better. But here's where our old nature will begin to take over. And we'll fall right back down into the pit of our toxic thinking if we keep doing things the way we always have. And so this is the point, usually in our lives, that we speak the word over our situation. And so that's right, right? We're supposed to speak the word. Yes, we're supposed to speak the word. But where do we go wrong? We go wrong when we do now first apply 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, which says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and brings into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's the problem. That's what we do not do. We ha- How do we tear down the toxic thought trees? You have to cast down the imaginations where your brain goes, where your mind goes. Cast it down. I will not go there. I will stop. I will pull the shade on this thought. 
and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. You can have in your brain, you, you will know, uh, your spirit, you will know, God, you said you would heal him. And your mind is saying, oh, but what if it doesn't? That is knowledge that exalteth itself. Against, that is, that is uh, a high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. The doubt that creeps in is exalting itself over what the word says. And the problem is, is we just apply the word without first tearing out the toxic thought. Okay? Think of it this way. You get a bad injury, you get a deep cut, a terrible scrape, bad wound. You apply a bandage over it to protect it. But you don't first clean out all the dirt and germs which can cause severe infection. You can change the bandage every single hour. But if the infection and the dirt and the toxic things are not cleaned from that wound, it will only get worse. The word of God is all powerful, but it cannot contradict itself. And the word of God says that we are designed to make the choice and do the hard work. Back to our first scripture, to let this mind be in you, this phreneo be in you, to make the choice to eliminate the opinions and the toxic thoughts that the enemy would like to kill us with. You have to get rid of them. You have to cast down every single thought that goes against what the word of God says and what God has spoken. The reason why we don't feel we can do this is because whenever they enter our minds, we can't help what enters there, but we can help what stays there. We think about it. We build on it. Put a room on this side. Add a room on that side. We go up a couple of stories. We build on it. No. Pull the shade. No. You pass a billboard. Men, a horrible thought comes through your mind. You can't help what goes through your mind. But what can you do? You can take it then into purity. You don't have to stay there and camp down on the thought. You take it into a pure thought. You take it and then you start quoting scripture. After you've said, no, I will not stay there. You don't quote scripture as you think of the bad thoughts. That's not the point. So, after you tear it out, then you think on what is lovely, pure, good report, merch, and praise. I challenge you all to begin to do the hard work to put this into practice, into your life. You know that I never, ever, ever, and if you don't know it, I want you to know it tonight. I never put another book, a man-made, man-written, man-authored book above the word of God ever in our journey to become more like him. I don't even really like devotionals. I've told you that. I don't read commentaries. It's just the word for me mostly. And I'm not doing it now. But if you would like some facts about how our minds control our brains based on the Word of God, I have found Dr. Leaf's books to be very insightful and eye-opening in connecting the workings of our brains to Scripture. She's also outlined a plan based on Scripture for taking those toxic thoughts into captivity. If you would like to look up some of that, I am actually involved. There is an app that she has called the NeuroCycle app. And it's available on the App Store. It's free. It's a 21-day plan to show you how to rid your brain of toxic thoughts. It involves five steps. And it's a very good practical thing. And especially 
it, 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 this is not a spiritual Holy Ghost led thing that she's done, but my, but it is so practical and so aligned with in the Word of God that if you allow the Spirit to direct you to do this, I promise you, you'll have victory over whatever it is holding you back. So I hope this changes everything about you. I've not taught this tonight just to entertain you. I've not taught on this tonight to just blow your mind with some cool facts. I hope whatever age you are in here, from the youngest to the very oldest, I hope this changes your thought life. I hope this changes your prayer life. How many times you can go and spend an hour on your face in that prayer room praying all kind of prayers, but if you are just praying them over the top of toxic trees in your mind that's feeding your brain, I'm not going to say your time is wasted because time in prayer is never wasted. But let me just tell you, you are, you are holding your own self back from victory. If you've not done the hard work of tearing out these toxic trees, I hope this changes how you approach your neighbor and your fellow man and how you approach your consecration to God himself throughout this month of prayer and fasting. Because it is possible for me to have the mind that was in Jesus Christ. And it's possible for you to have the mind that was in Jesus Christ. The word says it. It's possible. You know, I don't want your mind, as, as much as I really do love a whole lot of you in here, and some of you are brilliant, and I would love to have your minds and your knowledge. I don't want your mind. <laughs> I don't want the mind of the medical profession. I don't want the mind of the government of, or of the school system. I don't want the minds of my friends. I sure don't want the minds of my enemies. I don't want the mind of the media or the movies or the popular theory of today, which will change tomorrow. I want the mind that was in Jesus Christ. And that's possible. That is possible for me to have and for you to have. But I can't just take that mind and plop it on top of all the other minds that lurk beneath the surface and direct my brain and therefore my body. Because there are many of you that are studying to be something in particular. And so what are you doing? You are gathering all of that information of how to be that. And that is becoming your mindset. Many of you, your mindset has been determined by the company you keep. Many of you, has your mindset has been shaped and directed by the movies you watch. And the social media that you watch. That is what you are giving permission for another mind to be in you. It's exactly what you're doing. I want the mind of Jesus Christ, which can only be found in the word of God. That's the only way we can find it. So I have to tear out all of those other minds that come against me every single day. And I have to take those thoughts captive. And I have to be the boss of them and not let them be the boss of me. So let the word of God summarize everything we have talked about tonight. And I'm coming to a close. I'm done. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. How do we do that? 
by first tearing out imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity, put into prison every thought to the obedience of Christ. So wherever room Christ is in, put all of your thoughts in that room and shut the door and lock it. Put them into captivity with him. And then understand that if you dwell on that, that it will be of the Lord's mercies that you are not consumed because his compassions don't fail. And every morning when you wake up, they are new there. Thousands and thousands of brand new opportunities to change your mind and to get his mind. Well, so what in the world am I supposed to do now? Well, whatsoever things are true and whatsoever things are honest and whatsoever things are just and whatsoever things are pure and whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on those things. You might have to kind of distance yourself from some people in order to make that successful. Because if there are certain people who refuse to think on those things, then you're just going to be allowing that to infiltrate your mind. You may have to distance yourself. You may have to stop looking at certain social media accounts. You may have to stop looking at certain things on the screens. You may have to do that. Because in order to think about the good things, that means an absence of the bad things. And what will happen? The very God of peace will sanctify you wholly. And your whole spirit and your whole soul and your whole body will be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I told you that you could leave differently than the way you walked in here. And I promise you that if you will do the hard work of the freneo, of letting the mind of Jesus Christ be in you by doing the hard work of throwing out the toxic thought trees and letting the healthy trees grow. I promise you there is nothing that you cannot do in the kingdom of God that he wants you to do. There then will be no weapon formed against you which shall prosper. All of these things that we love to quote and we say, well, I'm going to quote it, but it doesn't really work for me. I promise you it will work for you if you get all that toxic thought. Pulled out. Uprooted. Thrown away. Amen? Can we stand? I'm not going to ask you to come down to the front. But I also know that there could be some people in here tonight that have a stronghold in front of them. And I want a I want to issue a call to action right now. Not that somebody has to go pray with you about, not that you have to make public. But I want you, if you have a stronghold, or if you don't have a stronghold, then I want you to raise your hands and pray for the ones who do. But I promise you this, if you're in this building and you have a mind, you probably have a stronghold. I want you to raise your hands right now, and I want you to tell God what that is. And I want you to tell him that you will do the hard work. You will do whatever it takes to rip out 
the toxic, to rip out the things that are not pure, that are not just, that are not holy. You will think on the things that are victorious. You will think on the things that are lovely. You will think on the things that are pure. You will think on the things that bring you power and bring you joy. And it's not mind over matter. This is a matter of allowing the spirit to control our minds, which will control our brains, which will heal our bodies, which will cause us to walk in power, which will cause us to walk in victory, which will cause us to walk and everything that we touch will prosper. And even our shadows can heal the people that we pass by because we are walking within the power of God and there is no war within our members. It can happen. It can be that way. God, I pray over every person in this building. You alone know the strongholds. You alone know the mind games. You alone know the mind battles that are being fought by them. Only you. Only you know the secret things that are waged in the in war in their heads when they lay their heads down on their pillows at night. And I ask God right now that you will give complete power over every individual to tear those out and to apply the word of God to them and let there be supernatural healing that will come to the minds and the emotions and the souls of the people in this building and as that happens God we will win our world and we will go out and we will influence everybody that we come in contact with thank you for these people thank you for these people Grant them health, grant them happiness, grant them prosperity, grant them power in the name of Jesus, I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody give him praise for just a second. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We'll see you Sunday morning. Stay careful in the cold weather. And thank God that we have each other as the family of God that we can associate with and do this life with. I love you all. Thank you for coming.